Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. My good friend, Professor Jeff Benjamin, is out of town this week, so I have a very special guest here. We have two special guests, but one special guest is our uh, longtime friend and colleague at Investment News, our Washington, D.C. reporter, uh, Mark Sheff. Mark Sheff, how are you today, sir? Bruce, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on in this guest guest role. Maybe I can do uh, so many guest hosting appearances on the <laughs> IN podcast that I'll become the Gary Shandling of the IN podcast, <laughs> stepping in for you and Jeff. Look, that's Jeff, my uh, that's my goal. You got big golf shoes to fill there, buddy. Indeed, I, for our listeners who are of the young younger persuasion, Gary Shandling was a a uh, frequent guest host for Johnny Carson when Johnny Carson hosted The Tonight Show. Anyway. And a very funny man, too. Indeed. The late, unfortunately, the late Gary the late Shandling. Gary Shandling, uh, yes. But, uh, and, and Bruce will do fine today as long as you don't mention baseball. My, uh, <laughs> my Washington Nationals are already 11 games behind your New York Mets in the National League East, and it's only May 12th. Why did you bring it up, Sheffy, if you don't want to talk about it? That's what well, I have to say. because I needed to unload that burden to start <laughs> out. Uh, and then we also have Jen Gibb-Sweats here, who's a partner and retirement plan consultant at DWC, the 401k experts. Um, Jen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it. Looking forward to a chatting with you and Mark today, I can already tell it's going to be a good time. So, uh, you know, no dog in the fight yet on uh, baseball. I'm just bummed about the Celtics from the other night. So, you know, we're all we're all nursing some wounds. Yes. Yes, we are. So we're going to talk uh, with Jen and Mark um, about crypto and retirement plans uh, based off of a story that Mark worked on this week and is up on investmentnews.com. But which I think is a fascinating topic and also kind of a scary topic. I was talking about it with my brother a little while ago, and he was like, oh, my God, I'd run away from crypto and my retirement money. Right. Um, so and he's a, he's he's a man in his 60s. So he is, you know, thinking about retirement every day. And um, but, but Jen, before we get to all that, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do at uh, DWC, the 401k experts, and if you have like a Twitter handle or some social media thing that you do. Thanks. Uh, I love it. Sure. So uh, I am all things retirement plan consultant. So it's not a fun thing to describe necessarily at a cocktail party. It's a good way to to lose somebody as, as you <laughs> wait for, for your drink. Uh, it's been a few decades now when I've tried to find a way to make it sound exciting and sexy and um, yeah, still open for feedback on that one. But uh, what I do and, and what we do at DWC is all retirement plan compliance and consulting work. So legal documents, compliance testing, filings with the IRS and the DOL, helping plan sponsors when things go sideways from a compliance standpoint. So we don't actually handle any plan investments or give advice on that. But we do really pride ourselves and spend a lot of time reading what's going on in the industry, looking at you know regulatory guidance that comes out, legislation as it comes through, so that we can really be a resource not only to our plan sponsors, 
but also to our financial advisor partners who we work really, really closely with. So that's where we spend our time. And certainly crypto has um, has made for some interesting conversations in our world. And, you know, I'd, I'd encourage anybody who's interested in, in this sort of thing, I'd love to connect via LinkedIn. Jennifer Sweats is how you can find me. And then certainly the DWC 401k experts website has some awesome material and we're always happy to share opinions and insights for what they're worth um, via our website as well. So welcome and to Trump. Jen, if I could just give you a, a word of uh, professional advice there. When I started out in business uh, reporting, I used to tell people, uh, and it was my second career, I was a school teacher for 10 years before getting into this business and this profession. I used to tell people that I wrote about investment advisors and they would kind of yawn and a glaze would go over their eyes and everything. I did that for several years and then I, 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 had, a, I, had, I had a eureka moment. I said, and when people asked me what I did, I said, well, I write about your money. Ooh, <laughs> that's good. That Which is basically what guys like Mark and I do. Sure. We're writing about right. your money and how it's handled, right? Yeah. So you, uh, as, a, as a retirement plan consultant, you are, you know, you're consulting big companies about your money. Bruce, I, I could have used you in my life two decades ago, sir. <laughs> better, better later than never, you know? So thank you. Exactly. I'll take it. Mark, Jim, what did you want to say? Hey, Jim and Bruce, this is actually something I've thought about from time to time. And it seems to me that uh, you're going to get a lot of readers in in for your publication or uh, for your uh, journalistic work if you write about one of three areas, that is people's children, jobs, and money. Absolutely. It, it, Absolutely. Those three things tend to get people's attention. And they in, do. And in investment news, we, we write about each of them to varying degrees all the time. Uh, they're very interrelated, aren't they? Yes. So this notion, you know, why would a guy like my brother, 63, 64-year-old guy, thinking about pulling the pin and retiring, you know, the market's been good to him. Uh, why would he be so, just as a thought, why would he be so scared about that topic, right? Crypto in your 401k. And then just let's use that as kind of an overarching theme. But if we can start first with Mark. And Mark, what did you write about in your story this week? And what what kind of it's interesting because my brother said to me well who wants crypto in your 401k and i said well fidelity does right so if you could just use what you wrote about fidelity this week and the kind of the tension between fidelity and the department of labor on on this topic and then we can mark go first and then we can kick it to jen i think from where she sits as a consultant i i'm hesitant to speak for fidelity but i'm guessing they would say that they're not so much um, pushing to have crypto put into retirement accounts, but they're making it available for those who want it. There's a nuance there, uh, maybe a distinction without a difference or a difference without a distinction. Uh, Did I use the word pushing? Did I say pushing? No, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I, they're they're, I they're definitely advocating for it, right? I mean, they want it, they want it to happen, right? They, 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 they want it to be an option, absolutely. Right. So uh, the, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, Fidelity um, announced that it's developing a product called Digital Asset Account 
the digital asset account right. that it's going to put on its 401k platform uh, that um, will allow plan participants to allocate some of their retirement assets into Bitcoin through their employer's 401k. Uh, so Fidelity is putting this on their 401k platform. Fidelity is the largest record keeper in the 401k space. And plan so, participants are mom and pop, just everyday uh, people. Employees, sure. Employees, employees right. at uh, companies who are participating in the company plan. They, uh, it looks like by about July, are going to have the opportunity to uh, allocate some of their retirement funds to uh, Bitcoin uh, through this uh, Fidelity product. So you've got Fidelity uh, certainly giving its imprimatur to um, uh, crypto retirement investing on the one hand. On the other hand, you have the Department of Labor, which several weeks before Fidelity made its announcement, uh, the DOL came out with what's called a compliance assistance release, essentially guidance that, that warned retirement plan fiduciaries to uh, use extreme care, and, and those are the... Right. the the DOL's words, extreme right. care. If you're considering uh, uh, putting uh, cryptocurrency in uh, retirement accounts, right. DOL did not ban it. In fact, DOL can't ban it. Some people are worried that they're going in that direction, but the fact is right now they can't. But, but they're, they, they put out this guidance, which, which really ruffled a lot of feathers. So the guidance came first, and then Fidelity seemingly sort of Thumbed its nose at DOL right. and, um, and, and said, okay, we're going to go with this uh, crypto product. Now, the, the Fidelity crypto product was probably in the works even before the DOL guidance came out, I'm guessing, uh, the sure. way these things. Uh, uh, oh, definitely. Uh, it takes yeah. months and months and years. And months and months, you know. right. But, but nonetheless, they decided to go ahead with it uh, even after the DOL guidance. So now what I wrote about this week was what is, what is a, a, a retirement plan fiduciary or a, an, a financial advisor who works with uh, plan sponsors supposed to do because they're right. caught between Fidelity, the, the, the biggest uh, player in the retirement savings space, saying, hey, come, come and get it. We, we've got Bitcoin available for you. Or do they listen to DOL who's saying, hold your horses, and and be very sure about what you're doing before you take the next step forward. No, I so think that's I ask, a great point because you don't yeah. only have you have yeah. financial advisors who work with thousands of small uh, retirement plans all over the country. Exactly. Right. So yeah. those retirement plans, and as as actually as as um, one of the sources I, for my story has told me, look, these companies that sponsor the retirement plans, the plan sponsors are in the business of making widgets. They're not in the business of, of sponsoring retirement plans. They just do that as a, a perk essentially for their employees. So they, they don't, they don't, you know, but, but yet this decision is on their shoulders and they're the ones who are gonna be sued if something goes wrong with crypto right. investments. Well, that's a great point right there, the legal liability. Well, exactly. The, the so, financial advisor will get sued and his well, brokerage firm, or his so RIA, his or her RIA, but Fidelity as the plan sponsor, they can get sued, but the lawsuit will never stick. 
right? Well, so the, that's just the... before we go any farther, though, I want to bring Jen in, in yeah. into the into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Jen, you've been nodding your head there all the while. I, um, yeah, no, ju- I, jump I, in I, on anything that that Mark said: the fidelity issue, yeah. the DOL issue, whatever you like. I, I think the conundrum is fair, exactly how Mark laid it out. You know, we got you know one month the compliance assistant released from the DOL with caution and warning and then shortly thereafter this announcement from fidelity about this new opportunity for retirement plans and thinking about the conversation we were going to have today you know on our side of things as compliance folks we look at plan assets for for all of our thousands of retirement plans that we do that for most, the, the majority of, of retirement plan assets are held in mutual funds. Easy to value, um, easy to report on, you know, easy for a participant to go online and see exactly how much they have and trade and, you know, what feels safe. There's volatility, there's ups and downs, but, but it's a known commodity, if you will. But we do have those plans out there, and, and anyone listening has probably run into these. But you have a participant who, you know, stocks and funds and all that isn't quite good enough. They want to invest retirement assets in a horse or a fancy rug or a piece of artwork. And, you know, even in even pre crypto, you had these investments held in retirement plans that from a fiduciary standpoint, we wouldn't necessarily encourage, um, but certainly plan participants could choose to do that. I'd say, you know, maybe the difference with that is it's a little, it's a little bit harder at that point. It tends to be the business owners. And so when you're talking about potential litigation and lawsuit, the business owner is not going to sue himself for a bad investment, right? Right. So it's a little bit less of, of a fear. And when you talk about the idea of crypto and making it available to all plan participants. So even that rank and file employee who, you know, maybe is interested and curious and has seen things online, but doesn't necessarily. Well, you see Matt Damon's commercial at the Super Bowl, right? Right. And then you go, holy smokes, you know, uh, Matt Damon, you know, and you, and you put some, I mean, that's how, that's the psychology of the investor, right? And I think that's. Crypto is crashing right now after all those ads, I was thinking about this this week. The Super Bowl was swamped with crypto ads. Yeah. And it, the most notable time for crypto, I think, than ever. Right when it was, you know, it started crashing along with everything else in the market going down in November. Right. So it seems like a highly correlated uh, asset when it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be a highly cor- correlated asset. I think the other thing on this is, you know, there's a wide a wide range of opinions on, on crypto in general. Um, and, you know, the idea, are we really talking about, you know, some sort of investment option or in the absence of regulation, is this really speculatively speculative and gambling and, and that sort of take? But I think from a retirement plan aspect, the discussion is actually a little bit different. It's really about that fiduciary role, right. you know, whether you like it as an investment option or not. If you are an employer, if you are that mom and pop business making those widgets and you put in place a 401k plan, either because your state mandates a retirement plan or you're looking ahead at Secure 2.0 and you want to get ahead of it, or you just want to be competitive and offer that benefit to your employees, 
you have a fiduciary responsibility to those plan participants. And so does any uh, financial advisor you're working with, right, who's getting paid for investment advice and education. But in that role, that mom and pop business owner, they have a duty to monitor the investments to make sure that they're appropriate for the retirement plan. And I think when you add crypto in, it's not about whether, you know, each of us personally, you know, likes likes the potential risk and, and the things like that. But really, if you're a fiduciary in a plan, business owner or not, what's the risk that you have if you offer this in the plan? That's a great point to hammer home. I just think it Fidelity is opening up a huge, ugly can of worms or whoop-ass or something here. I don't, the can, it could go either something. way, really, right? Because so, can't well, something... And I, I think cryptocurrency. I'm, I am a proponent of cryptocurrency. I just don't. I, I, I believe it is an asset class and the like um, sure. that should be taken seriously, um, unlike some people and like some people. But I don't know if I want it in my, uh, you know, my mom and pop's uh, retirement plan or my kids uh, uh, when they get when they finally stop freeloading and get to work and and and, and the like. <laughs> Mark, what did what, you want to say? But I saw that you also talked to Phyllis Borzai for this mm. story. I, I did. Phyllis is the uh, former um, assistant uh, assistant secretary of labor and head. And she's of the a employee, super smart person, right? Employee, I mean, yeah, for, yeah, former head of the Employee Benefits Security Administration. Uh, she was former SEC the, uh, chair too, right? No, no, not SEC. FINRA. But she was. She was, she at was head of. No, no, no. She Phyllis was head of uh, uh, EBSA. DLL's EPSA when oh um, that's right in, in in the Obama administration that's right when the when the Obama Labor Department promulgated its fiduciary yep. rule mm-hmm. so um uh, Phyllis you've been talking has, to her uh, for years right Phyllis has um, deep deep background in in um, DOL uh, the the DOL regulatory process right. and in fact it was the acting head of EPSA Ali Kawar who put out the um, compliance assistance release having to do with crypto a few weeks ago. So it's the same role that Phyllis had. Uh, Phyllis said that uh, DOL really told me, and I quoted her in my story, she she mentioned those commercials and right. and, and this this um, uh, uh, drive right now to, to, to sell, to, to make crypto look look really uh, inviting. I mean, this is and, a broker's and, dream to sell the to sell the right. crap out of something. You know. Well, and 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 she said DOL would be irresponsible not to look into Fidelity's product. Right. And and she said what DOL, but what DOL is doing is flashing the yellow light. It's not banning no. uh, uh, investments in crypto, uh, even though some opponents of the guidance say that that's really what they're trying to do. They're, they're just they're just reminding plan fiduciaries and the investment advisors who work with them that they have a fiduciary duty to look uh, very carefully at crypto and to make sure that it is right for their investors that is for their employees and 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 D, and, and DOL is going to be auditing they said uh, companies that that do offer it now um, Fidelity has put a 20% limit on the amount of, of uh, in this digital asset account, the amount that can be allocated right. toward uh, crypto. And, and, they, and they talked about some other safeguards that they put in place in a statement that they sent to me, actually a statement 
They've also sent to the the Washington Post this week and so on, uh, d- defending this product. So so basically, what all this boils down to is it's the plan fiduciary and the advisors who are working with them who have to make the final decision on whether crypto uh, should be added to uh, to a 401k plan. And Jen, let me ask you, sure. uh, when I asked my sources for this story, including a colleague of yours, Keith Clark, let me ask oh, it yeah. to you. Uh, if I am a plan fiduciary or an advisor working with a plan fiduciary, do I listen to DOL or do I listen to Fidelity? <laughs> Not much of a gambling girl over here, Mark. Uh-huh. I'm listening to the DOL right now. And that is that is not to say never How say about never. if Fidelity is taking you out to lunch too, Jen? Yeah, they're taking me out to lunch, but the DOL, <laughs> whew, I, I don't want to be on their bad side, okay? That's just... <laughs> I mean, I love a good lunch. I like a good cocktail, but I I don't want the DOL after me. And and I think you know it's one of those things where you've gotta you've gotta look at your employees right now. And to your point that you said earlier, Mark, it's not a ban. And you know the trend over the last however many years, maybe since '74, but you know the trend as far as fiduciary and participant education, it's all been about more notice, more information, more transparency. And so, you know, the idea that something like crypto may require some additional notice and information and education just kind of follows that trend, follows that path. And I don't know that that has to be a negative or has to be a barrier to people getting to utilize it. But I think from just trying to make sure that everyone participant and fiduciary are protected in that scenario is a good thing i mean you know i i can say yes i work on retirement plans but i'm a trustee for our 401k plan and from from that standpoint as a plan fiduciary i'm i'm pumping the brakes until we have you know regulations and some some firm guidance you know i know one of the things that folks have complained about is DOL came out with the compliance assistant release, but typically when there's formal guidance, there's a notice, there's a comment period, there's that back and forth um, with the public before that final guidance is issued. And, and we haven't yet had that opportunity. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that dialogue evolves, assuming, assuming it will, Um, you know, there's also the whole idea that we've got on one side of the aisle senators reaching out to fidelity unhappy to say the least about the idea of bitcoin in the retirement plan and then on the other side of the aisle you've got the introduction of the financial freedom act which says hey if you use bitcoin or or any sort of asset um, and you use a brokerage window within a retirement plan to do it then you hold harmless all of the planned fiduciaries because you've made the decision to use a brokerage window and to then choose that cryptocurrency or the horse or the whatever it might be. Um, and so, you know, at some point it feels like these two things have to converge so that plan sponsors can have some level of um, certainty and security because what you don't want is to have employer, small business, that mom and pop business owner paralyzed in fear of, of, you know, ticking off the DOL or or coming under investigation and then having people not take action and offer the retirement plan and things like that, you know, in an effort to 
expand coverage and investment opportunities. Just don't want to see the reverse happen for the American worker. Mark and Jen, I just want, we're going to get to final thoughts in a second, but I'm going to ask you to one one more thing just to comment on, um, uh, and it would be remiss on my part if we didn't mention her because she's the senator that advisors love to hate, Elizabeth Warren, Democrat of Massachusetts. Yep. She's one of the most hated people in the securities industry, just as Bill Galvin is one of the most, the, the secretary of the Commonwealth up there, he's one of the most hated people in the securities industry. I don't know if they know that or not, but they are. So Elizabeth Warren uh, got involved here, I think, and made some comments, Mark, and then and Jen, and then if you could just get into the politics of that a little bit more that Jen just touched on, and then final thoughts, too, before, and, and then we're going to wrap it up, I think. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go first on that. Uh, Senators uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, and uh, Tina Smith, uh, Senator Smith is from Minnesota, both Democrats, uh, Senator Warren on the Banking Committee, Senator Smith on the uh, Pension Committee of, of the Senate, sent a letter to uh, Fidelity pressing the firm on, on why it's offering this crypto product and had it has it taken steps to address concerns about fraud, theft, and a third thing that escapes me now. But they 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 um, deli- they they mentioned specifically the the, uh, the 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 investor threats that are that uh, crypto uh, presents. So th- this is kind of extraordinary in that Fidelity is is a financial industry behemoth, and it is headquartered in Boston. Right. Uh, which and and Elizabeth Warren is a Massachusetts senator, mm-hmm. and it's just interesting that Elizabeth Warren is going after Fidelity in this way. I'm originally from Indiana, and I came to Washington to work for the late Senator Luger of Indiana, and it, it would be the equivalent of an Indiana politician going after Eli Lilly, in a, in a very forthright right. hammer and tong way, which just wouldn't happen in Indiana. I mean, you sort of work behind the scenes if you had trouble with what they're doing, had a problem with what they're doing. Anyway, Elizabeth, Not Elizabeth Warren. Warren. No, no, she she goes right after them and puts yeah. out a press release. So so the political pressure is on Fidelity, but then on the other side of the of the aisle, as Jen mentioned, you have Senator Tommy Tuber, Tuberville of uh, Alabama introducing this bill that would prohibit uh, the um, DOL from it would prevent DOL from prohibiting any kind of specific investment in a retirement account. So this means we should watch the midterm elections. Because if the Republicans take over the Senate and the House, there's going to be that much more pressure on DOL to keep its hands off crypto, and Congress could put riders, uh, that is, provisions in appropriations bills that actually prevent the DOL from um, uh, 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 funding particular kinds of regulatory efforts, and one of them may be preventing funding of any kind of crypto oversight. Let, let now, me course, ask this, Mark. So, so, so watch the midterms, you know, and 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 whether these riders pop up in budget negotiations next year, if Republicans take over. Do any does does Warren or Smith or Tuberville own any Bitcoin? Do we know that? I don't know. Do they I'm have to sure. disclose that? They do. Uh, there are financial disclosures in the Senate Clerk's uh, office uh, on the website. I, I just I haven't looked. Okay, it'd be interesting to know if if any of them actually owned any any Bitcoin or crypto. Jen, what what is your take on the politics, and what is your final take on on, on all this? On the whole thing, um, the, I I think Mark's right. The politics will be really interesting to watch. You know, I mean, 
we have been hopeful and waiting for those of us who, who spend our time in, in this space for um, Secure 2.0. And even though that's got bipartisan support, who knows when it'll happen. And you look at things like this that clearly... And Secure 2.0 is, is what exactly? Uh, so it is a, a new... Well, I don't know if it's new. It's been floating around for a while. But, but the Secure Act passed in uh, December of 19, and it brought about expanded coverage. Um, it, it changed things as far as group plans. And, and the whole idea was to expand retirement plan coverage for workers. And it had bipartisan support, um, which you know is, is hard to come by these days. And so Secure 2.0 enhances that. It increases catch-up contributions for those over age 50, it brings in um, long-time, part-time employees into 401k plans sooner. And it's one of those pieces that's out there um, that I think the overall thought is there's a lot of good in there uh, for employers and for plan sponsors where they have increased tax credits and things like that for offering a plan. But Lord knows getting something through D.C. is, is like getting through D.C. and Northern Virginia traffic. It's stinking hard. Right. And so, you know, something like this, you know, you see it and you know it's just driving a further wedge. And and since it's retirement plan related, I don't I don't think it bodes well huh. for seeing momentum on something that So this could get work. caught up in the in the politics of the Secure 2.0 Act is what you're saying. I think it could. Yeah. I, I think it could. I think it could slow down Secure. Um but you know, I think in looking at this and kind of talking about it with my partner Keith too, you know, we've seen all sorts of investment options come through over the years. You know, there was a time when there was a lot of hesitation around global investing and and things like that. And right. obviously now that that makes up part of most of the plan lineups, you know, that that's certainly an option. So, you know, I think the idea, it's not a ban. It, are we likely to see more crypto and more platforms that are able to offer it? Likely, you know, is, is the DOL likely to back down on you know, notice requirements and, and cautionary warnings, probably not there either. So I think, you know, we don't advise on actual investment selections for our plan sponsors. That doesn't stop them from asking us questions. And I guess I would just say, or talking to a financial advisor who works on retirement plans, you know, proceed with caution, you know, take time to think about, is it a prudent investment option for the demographics of the plan does it make sense for the folks that you're working with you know um and and if so fantastic dive in but you know just make sure that you know as someone who you know can have a lawsuit brought against them can have the dol knock on the door that as you as you consider it you feel confident about being able to make your case understand it understand what what the heck you're recommending uh mark any any final words before we go Yes, this, this is a, an example of, of sort of bucking responsibility because the at the end of the day, as much as I hate that, that phrase, at the end of the day, the, <laughs> the, the decision is, is the plan fiduciaries to make. DOL has bucked it to the plan fiduciary. Fidelity has bucked it to the plan fiduciary. It's all on the company owner and the investment advisor she's working with. Right. To make that decision. So I just say good luck. It's up to you. <laughs> right. Buena suerte, says Senor oh. Chef. <laughs> but no stress. No stress indeed. No stress. Well, hey, that was a great conversation. We want to thank our special guests, 
Investment News' very own Mark Sheff, and also Jen Gibbs uh, Sweats, the Partner Retirement Plan Consultant for DWC, the 401k experts. If it's Monday, it's time for another podcast, one and all. We also want to thank Angelica Hester, our producer, and you can find the podcast at investmentnews.com, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, Jeff Benjamin is usually here. You can find him at, uh, on Twitter via at Benji Ryder. My handle is at BD News Guy. Stay tuned, and we'll be talking to you next week.